Cigar and pour yourself a cocktail. It's time for the General, General Cigar, Cigar Day. Day. This is a special presentation of the Cigar Dave Show. America at war with the Chinese virus. With the latest intel, here's the Global General, Cigar Dave. say things have not changed rapidly in the matter of one week would be a vast understatement. New York State, lockdown. California, lockdown. Would not surprise me if other states get into lockdown mode, ordering to stay home except for essential purposes. We can thank the Chinese virus, the Chinese communist enemies of the world, and enemies of America for this. And this will be an unusual show. The last time I can remember sitting in front of the Command Center Alpha microphones getting ready for a unique show was right after 9-11, the aftermath of 9-11, 19 years ago. And hard to believe that as I sit in the friendly confines of Command Center Alpha, that this nation is at war. Not at war with terrorists, at war with a virus. And we will spend the entire two hours talking about what China has done, the president's response. We will talk about the various bailouts that are being requested by various industries, the airline industry, casinos. We will touch on a multitude of topics today, including the massive Chinese disinformation campaign. We will hit it all, and if we don't finish it all in two hours, we'll continue with a special podcast. My goal is to go through China, go through exactly the history of why this virus has spread. China, their communist government, the communist regime, how they allowed this to spiral out of control because they don't care about the Chinese people. They don't care about the world's population. They don't care about the world's economy. But there is a day of reckoning, and that day is about to arrive for the enemies of America, the enemy of the world. I'm talking about the Chinese Communist regime. Their gig, their con on the world is up. It's over. And as you can tell, I'm quite perturbed at the Chinese. But before I go further, let me first of all tell you, that I know that there will be some people saying, well, General, we wish you would just talk about cigars. You're a cigar show. Stick to what you know, cigars. Nothing could be further from the truth. It is an insult to me when I get emails from clowns saying, you're a cigar show. We are not a cigar show. Let me make that very clear. We are an alpha male lifestyle show. But as part of being alpha males, and we have many females that listen as well, that love the alpha male lifestyle, 
We also have intelligent, smart, successful. In fact, I'd say the overwhelming majority of our audience, if not 100% of our audience. Well, maybe there's a few percent that are wussified betas. But I would venture to say 90-plus percent of our audience, they are smart, they are educated, they are informed, they want the truth. And the same discussion that is taking place in people's homes, if people are getting together, maintaining the social distancing of at least six, eight feet, having a cigar or libation, this is the topic of the day. I will not sit here and pretend to close our eyes and say, well, we're not going to talk about the events of the world. We're not going to talk about the fact that businesses are shutting down, that our economy is stopped, that people are getting unemployed in large numbers. We deal with truth and reality. So this is going to be different. This isn't going to be the usual pleasure-type show that we talk about. But we have to get to a number of important items. There is a huge disinformation campaign the Chinese have been wagering the last several weeks. Why? They know. They, can, they purposely hid the existence of the Chinese virus, the Wuhan virus. We do not say coronavirus. We call it what it is. If that's racism, if that's xenophobia, then I'm a proud racist and I'm a proud xenophobic person. Because we are going to call it from where it came from. Wuhan virus, Chinese virus. President Xi of China, early January, late December, early January, was made aware of the virus running through Wuhan province. He hit on that information. He sat on that information for eight or nine days. Hit it from the people allowed multiple large events, a big 50,000-person potluck dinner to go through where people bring their own food, 50,000 people. The virus spread like wildfire. He knew it. The Chinese Communist government knew about the existence of the virus. It was in a lab. It was DNA, RNA sequenced. Reports about the virus. And what did the Chinese Communist government regime do? They made the lab not only destroy the paperwork and report, but destroy the virus sequencing itself. So when you hear people say, well, China has helped, because they were early, they were early on figuring out what this was, and they released it to the World Health Organization and the rest of the world. Don't believe a thing these Chinese communist bastards are saying. I pointed this out two weeks ago in the opening monologue. Take a listen. Go back in our podcast Go to the Cigar Dave mobile app. Go to CigarDave.com. Go to Apple iTunes. You will see. Listen to that show. We made it very clear. The Chinese are the enemy. They lied. They destroyed. We could have had the world. Could have had a leg up. They could have had advance notice. Instead, China didn't allow the World Health Organization in, the CDC, Center for Disease Control. In fact, the World Health Organization, when President Trump in late January, was it late January, early February, whenever it was, said, we're going to cut off travel from China. The World Health Organization said, well, President Trump is overreacting. We don't need to do this at all. Why did the World Health Organization say that? Ah, because the number two funder of the World Health Organization is none other than the People's Republic of China, the Chinese Communists. The head of the World Health Organization, who I will get to momentarily or a little bit later on, Total buffoon in the pocket of the Chinese. 
And so apparently are the members of the Libstream media. Now, I was the first to come out. You know I'm a big Donald Trump supporter. However, truth does not stop me from being critical with constructive criticism when necessary. And over the last two weeks, I was I did criticize President Trump. Constructive criticism. Not to criticize for the sake of criticism, but because I felt that President Trump did not grab the bull by the horns. I felt that he underestimated the severity of this potential crisis. His initial address to the nation from the Oval Office fell flat as a lead brick falling from the Empire State Building. His subsequent press conference in the Rose Garden started off pretty pretty weak. Then all of a sudden it picked up when he had members of private business saying there will be a government-private partnership and things started to turn and he started to listen to people, took the virus. I've always believed he took it seriously. But look, when you build your, your candidacy and your presidency around the economy and you're staring at the abyss of what could happen, sometimes you don't want to believe it. Just like many of you that have lost money in the stock market the last week, two weeks, where you see a stock and say, it's going down, but okay, I should probably sell it now, but no, 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 it'll come back. And you keep hoping. You keep saying, please, just come back a little bit, and then I'll sell. And it drops again and plummets 20%, 25%. It's the same thing President Trump didn't want to accept reality. Well, he has now surrounded himself with an excellent team. He has been actively engaged, leading the briefings, meeting with industry, meeting with businesses, meeting with health officials, talking to governors. What does it tell you when the governor of New York, Governor Mar uh, uh, Andrew Cuomo, and the governor of the People's Republic of California, Gavin Newsom, both say they've had an excellent working relationship with President Trump. Whatever they have requested, whatever they've needed, President Trump and the federal government have come through. What does that tell you? That tells you that President Trump has turned the corner. He has turned the ship. He is steering the ship properly. But that would never, never satisfy any of his detractors. The Libstream media just can't accept the fact that President Trump is now handling this crisis appropriately. They cannot handle it. So what do they do? They focus on the fact that the president calls the virus not coronavirus, but what it is, what I have been calling it since its inception, the Wuhan virus. Call it the Chinese virus. Here is President Trump when asked about whether calling the virus, the Wuhan virus or Chinese virus, if that is not propagating racism. Why do you keep calling this the Chinese virus? There are reports of dozens of incidents of bias against Chinese Americans in this country. Your own aide, Secretary Azar, says he does not use this term. He says ethnicity does not cause the virus. Why do you keep using this? A lot it of people say it's China. racist. It's not racist at all, no, not at all. It comes from China, that's why comes from China. I and want to be accurate. Yeah, please, John. I have great love uh, for all of the people from our country. But uh, as you know, China tried to say at one point, maybe they stopped now, that it was caused by American soldiers. That can't happen. It's not going to happen. Not as long as I'm president. Uh, it comes from China. An alpha male president that says, we're not going to fall for the Chinese disinformation campaign 
blaming the U.S. military for this. We're not going to fall into that trap. No siree, not going to happen. But the Libstream media, they are feeding, they are falling right into line for their Chinese communist masters, falling right into line. And by the way, you talk to any Chinese American, any American who is from China originally, there's a reason they left China. They hate the Chinese communist regime. They know what the regime is all about. They don't underestimate how ruthless and brutal and evil the Chinese communist regime is. They know exactly what they are dealing with. Apparently, the Libstream media here can't understand that. And then you're going to hear people saying, well, there's, this is going to increase attacks against Asians and Chinese Americans. I was in the supermarket last week. They're probably a family of, I don't know, five, four, five, six, whatever it was. You could tell they were Chinese Americans. I mean, they were from China originally, too. I think the, the mother and father were. The kids were probably born here. Nobody was coming up to them, harassing them. Nobody said, I blame you for the China virus. I blame you for the Wuhan virus. Nobody said that. There's a big difference between calling the Chinese virus and understanding who suppressed the information about the virus and the severity and those that are Chinese Americans who live here, who are proud Americans who escaped from that regime. There's a big difference. Now, John Heileman, absolute hater of Trump, not a great journalist by any stretch of the imagination, thinks he's a brilliant genius, typical liberal, know-it-all, smarter than everyone else. They're the, he's the smartest guy in the room. Just ask him. He'll tell you. He had Peter Baker, the New York Times White House reporter, on several days ago. And he brought up the fact that President Trump, this is part of his M.O., talking, using something is a, is a racist term, that, that the Chinese virus is a racist term. It fits right in line with his America First policy. So, it, Peter, um, the president says, uh, no, this is not racist at all, when, of course, it's nakedly racist and obviously racist and blatantly racist. I ask you, uh, does this not... Is this not the most predictable thing in the world that for Donald Trump it wouldn't be enough to go to war against a virus? He would be all the better if the war could be waged against a non a virus that he can pin on a non-white population uh, and pin on a population and a country that are as one of our economic adversaries that plays right down the middle of his kind of xenophobic populist foreign policy. This kind of seems like a golden opportunity for it to play, take a rip, rip a page out of the Trump political playbook and just apply it to this pandemic by creating the Chinese virus. Yeah, I think it goes to two aspects that we've seen over the last three years of the Trump presidency. One, of course, is that there are threats outside of our borders, and therefore we need to close them as much as we can, whether it be, uh, you know, drug dealers and, and rapists and criminals and gang members, and now, of course, disease. Yes, exactly. Correct. Do I want rapists and gang members coming into this country? No. Do I want disease coming into this country? No. How stupid is John Heileman and Peter Baker. What they don't realize is that even Democrats and liberals are saying what President Trump did now, in retrospect, shutting down the border to Chinese travelers, was the correct decision. Even though at the time, he's racist, he's xenophobic. These people are so out of touch with the rest of America. Because John Heileman is still going to get his seven-figure paycheck from 
BSDNC and from NBC and Comcast. He's still going to get his paycheck, but the people who tend to watch that network, many of whom may be working in restaurants or in the hospitality industry or you name it, the travel industry, they are all out of work now. Do you think, in retrospect, those people looking, saying, geez, may, if the president, if we know what we, if we knew then what we know now, hey, the president should have shut the whole, all of our borders to everybody. But had he done that, you'd get these clowns like Heilman and Baker saying, oh, that's racist, that's xenophobic. In retrospect, President Trump should have shut all of our borders down. Richard Engel, chief international correspondent for NBC, also playing right into the disinformation campaign of the Chinese Communist Party. It is easy to scapegoat people, and that is what has always happened when there have been pandemics or epidemics uh, that foreigners are are attacked. Foreigners sometimes physically attacked. Uh, if you look at what happened uh, during the, the Middle Ages, there was lots and lots of scapegoating uh, against an ethnic group or a religious group uh, whenever there were pandemics that affected the society and frightened a lot of people. And uh, China certainly feels that is what happened, what is happening now uh, with people calling it the, the Wuhan flu or the Wuhan virus or the, the China virus. This is a virus that came from the territory of China, but came from bats. This is a bat virus, not a, uh, a China virus. Uh, it doesn't speak Chinese. It doesn't target Chinese people. Uh, it targets human beings who happen to touch their eyes, nose, or, or mouth. It is a Chinese virus. It did come from a bat. And you know why it made the animal to human bridge? Why it crossed over? I'll tell you why. Because many Chinese people even though they have ascended to the middle class and live in cities, still have very primitive, unsanitary dining habits. That's not being racist. That's not being xenophobic. In many respects, the Chinese basically live in a very dirty type of environment, specifically when it comes to their food. Let me give you a perfect example. H1N1. Was it H1N1? Uh, I think it was H1N1. Way back in 2000, I'm trying to remember when that was. Whatever it was, or SARS. Actually, SARS. Going back to SARS. SARS spread from a bat to a civet. A civet was bitten by a bat. Okay, normally no problem. But it's a problem when Chinese people eat civets and eat other type of exotic animals and snakes and reptiles. That's a huge problem. The Chinese people, many of the Chinese people's dining habits, sanitary habits, are unacceptable. And the Chinese government has not put a stop to it, even though they know that it has created huge numbers of deaths and disease and viruses. We wouldn't have this virus if somebody didn't go to the Chinese open air market, which numerous health officials over the last decades have been saying they should shut down and get rid of all those markets, we wouldn't be locking down in our homes. We wouldn't have people unemployed in mass numbers. We wouldn't be living in fear right now if it weren't for the Chinese who have horrible, horrible dining sanitary habits. Now, am I racist for that? 
that the Chinese are a dirty people when it comes to how they eat? You're damn right. Then I'm happy to be a racist. I'm happy to be xenophobic. We wouldn't have this if they wouldn't eat damn civets and damn vipers and rats and snakes and all sorts of other exotic animals. This is directly caused because of their eating habits. And it's directly caused because the Chinese government has never put a stop to it. And the Chinese Communist government, when they do find out about a virus, they hide it. They suppress it. They lie about it. I believe no numbers the Chinese have come out with about the number of infected persons and deaths as it pertains to the Chinese Wuhan virus. I believe zero of anything coming out from the Chinese Communist Party, period. And also, Richard Engel, he says that, you know, this is xenophobic and these scapegoating. So are we scapegoating Connecticut residents by calling Lyme disease, Lyme disease, named after Lyme, Connecticut, where the tick was first found? Ebola, are we scapegoating Africans because the disease is named after the Ebola River where it was found? How about German measles? Are we scapegoating Germans because we call German measles German measles? Again, these lib morons, these enemies of America falling right in line for the Chinese communist people. Absolutely absurd. I don't know. I don't, uh, Sergeant Steve, I will not have time to get to Susan Rice. I got another soundbite with Susan Rice. And then we've even got some political officials. Senator Tim Kaine, quit the China bashing. Sadiq Khan, mayor of London. COVID-19 is not a, chi- a Chinese virus. Trump disgraceful. Excuse me. It is a Chinese virus. University of California Davis student newspaper criticizing communist China is xenophobic. What is wrong with these morons? What is wrong with these bastards? Do they not see that we have got millions of Americans that are out of work? Millions, an entire country soon to probably stay at home and lock down in their homes, stay in position, if you will. That industries, businesses, markets melting down. I'm just getting warmed up, my fellow alphas. We speak the truth here on The Cigar Dave Show. Screw the Chinese commie bastards. Get the latest cigars, hand-picked by the general each month, delivered straight to your door when you join the Cigar Dave Officers Club. For just $22.95 a month, you'll receive three premium cigars in a customized Ziploc Cigar Dave pouch. To join, go to CigarDave.com. In 1964, Jose O. Padron began rolling cigars bearing his name in modest surroundings with one guiding principle, always focus on quality, never on quantity. Nearly 40 years later, Padron cigars are recognized for their superior taste and majestic construction. The result of Padron controlling all aspects of the cigar making process, including planting their own seeds, growing and curing their own tobacco, and constantly supervising the rolling room. To Wall Street, it is called vertical integration. To the Padron family, it's called making great cigars. The Padron lines include the Padron 1964 Anniversary Series and the Padron Traditional line. All Padron cigars are wrapped in Nicaraguan sun-grown Habano tobacco, available in natural or maduro. Experience Padron. For your Padron retailer, call 1-800-453-5635. When Padron is on the band, quality is a matter of family honor. 
Surgeon General Warning. Tobacco use increases the risk of infertility, stillbirth, and low birth weight. This is continuing coverage of America at War Against the Chinese Virus. Here's more from the Global General, Cigar Dave. The Chinese Communist regime is the enemy of America. The Chinese Communist regime is the enemy of the world. And now the United States is fighting a war against the Chinese virus enemy. We also have enemies from within. We have those who fall right into line, buying hook, line, and sinker the Chinese Communist regime's disinformation and propaganda campaign. The Chinese regime over the last two, three weeks has stepped up their disinformation campaign, going so far as to accuse the United States military of creating the virus and propagating the virus. Absolute, total BS. You know it. I know it, China knows it, the Chinese communists know it, but apparently some of us from some of the former government officials and reporters currently in the media don't seem to know it. Wolfgang Blitzer, CNN Situation Room. By the way, the only situation that you need to know about when it comes to Wolf Blitzer is the lack of personality in the Situation Room. That's the situation. Wolf Blitzer has no personality. Susan Rice, earlier this week, on fake news CNN. Now, this is Susan Rice, the former national security advisor, who lied about Benghazi. Remember, it was a video. Went on all the Sunday talk shows. It was a video. It was a video. It was a video. No, it wasn't. Lied about the involvement, the Obama administration and her involvement in the Trump campaign surveillance and attempted coup. She may be walking a perp walk before we know it. Was on with Wolf Blitzer talking about the situation. And she criticized Trump's rhetoric and blamed the U.S. for race baiting. Take a listen. So there's a lot of blame to be placed on China in terms of how it handled its, uh, uh, its processes internally, how they treated their people, how they suppressed information. And certainly China is not behaving well in, in trying to blame this on the United States. Yeah. But the flip side of it is we are not behaving well when we talk about, as the president does every day, the Chinese virus, the Wuhan flu, and all of these racist uh, descriptions, the fact of the matter is that viruses don't know borders. They don't uh, respect borders. In 2009, the swine flu pandemic that swept the world, that was extremely deadly um, in terms of lives ultimately lost, originated in North America. We're not behaving well. Viruses don't know borders. See, you can already see the libs, how they've already spun this. That, remember, viruses don't know borders. What have, we all, what have they always said? Oh, no, no, no. We, 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 borders should be a soft thing. We should let people come and go. Don't worry about it. Even though a lot of undesirables, a lot of gangs from Mexico... Terrorists may uh, make their way through, people with health issues, but no, 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 let, let them all in. This is what they're now saying. Viruses don't know borders. Now, she says one other thing at the very end. 
She says that the H1N1 virus, swine flu, originated in North America. Now, she was very tricky. North America. Well, what does North America encompass? Canada, the United States, and Mexico. Did it start? Did H1N1 swine flu originate in Canada? That's a no. Did H1N1 swine flu originate in the United States? That would be a no. Did H1N1 swine flu originate in Mexico? The answer is a big yes. First recognized in the state of Veracruz, Mexico. Now, that was back in, I think, around 2008, the fall of 2008. And basically, that virus is not spread by eating pork. It's spread by coming in contact with pigs, whether it's on a farm or another environment. Now, do I blame China, or correction, Mexico? No. Mexico, once they found out about it, closed most of Mexico City's public and private facilities in an attempt to contain the spread of the virus. But it continued to spread globally. However, they didn't have a disinformation campaign blaming the United States. They allowed all the WHO, the World Health Organization, CDC, anybody that could help them come in. It had nothing to do with eating bad pork. That's not how it works. And it had nothing to do with Mexicans going out and eating civets or snakes or any other animal, exotic animal, bitten by a bat. So when she says that viruses have no borders, look at the H1N1. It started in North America. Very dishonest and disingenuous. That's a slight card of a a hand trick she played. Little little trick, little magic. We're not going to fall for it. No way. Senator Tim Kaine. Trump should quit inflammatory China bashing. See, this is what they're doing now. The, the, The Democrats, not all, but many are falling right into line for the Chinese. What did we hear for the last three years? Russia, Russia, Russia. Russia has infiltrated our election. Russia, Russia, Russia. Russia has got its tentacles and everything. And I said all along, it's not Russia, 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 you dumb morons, you dumb schmucks. It's China, China, China. China has been the enemy all along. Russia's a weak power. Russia's economy can't, can't match any... I mean, there are other smaller countries than the United States who have better economies than Russia. Russia's a disaster area. They're all bark, no bite. China has always been the enemy. Sadiq Khan, mayor of London, complained that it's disgraceful to refer to the Wuhan coronavirus as Chinese, insisting it's a global virus. This is what they're doing. They're trying to deflect from China, but it is not working. The only place apparently it's working is college campuses. The, a column was penned in the University of California Davis student newspaper by Alex Weinstein, highlighted several efforts by university officials to curtail hate speech, and he basically comes out and says that criticizing communist China is xenophobic. Now, if he was in communist China and he wanted to criticize anything, good luck. They'd come in, arrest him, interrogate him, and ship him off to some hard labor camp. Now, as I said, I've been critical of President Trump several weeks ago. I did not like the way he was handling things. He's got a much better handle on things, as do the entire corona correction, Chinese virus task force. But yesterday... During his press briefing, and by the way, President Trump doesn't sit there for 10 minutes, 30 minutes, 
He's been leading the briefings, which exactly what he should be doing. He stood out there an hour and a half yesterday answering questions, even the ridiculous, stupid questions from the Lib media. You can pick them out a mile away. You can't miss them. And one of the first questions, or one of the questions came from NBC reporter Peter Alexander, talking about his initial impulse. Hit it. Is it possible that your impulse to put a positive spin on things may be giving Americans a false sense of hope? No, I don't think so. I don't preparedness think so. right now. No, I don't think so. I think that uh, I think it's got you know, the not yet approved drug. I mean, such a lovely question. Um, look, it may work and it may not work. And I agree with the doctor what he said. May work, may not work. Uh, I feel good about it. That's all it is. Just a feeling. I, you know, I'm a smart guy. I feel good about it, and we're going to see. You're going to see soon enough. And we have certainly some very big samples of people. If you look at the people, you have a lot of people that are in big trouble. And uh, this is not a drug that, obviously, uh, I think I can speak for a lot of from a lot of experience because it's been out there for over 20 years. So it's not a drug that you have a huge amount of danger with. It's not like a brand new drug that's been just created that may have an unbelievable monumental effect, like kill you. Uh, we're going to know very soon. And I can tell you, the FDA is working very hard to get it out. Right now, in terms of malaria, if you want it, you can have a prescription. You get a prescription. And by the way, and it's very effective. It works. Uh, I have a feeling you may, and, and I'm not being overly optimistic or pes pessimistic. I sure as hell think we ought to give it a try. I mean, there's been some interesting things happened and some good, very good things. Uh, let's see what happens. We have nothing to lose. You know the expression? What the hell do you have to lose? President Trump was referring to two drugs, chloroquine and hydroxyquin, or correction, chloroquine and hydroxychloroquine, which have been used by several countries in several countries with some promising results. Now, full-scale tests have not been done, but President Trump said, look, let's bring out every single weapon that we have. Let's try it. It may not be approved for that particular use, but... Let's give it a try. President Trump is doing everything he can to unlock the layers of bureaucracy. The reason we have these issues, have had issues with the testing for Chinese virus, is because the CDC, in their infinite wisdom, instead of saying, hey, these foreign countries, South Korea's got a test that works, Singapore, let's emulate their, let's take their test and use it, put it into production. No, no, no. The bureaucracy at CDC, Center for Disease Control, said, no, we'll, we'll come up with our own. It wasted valuable weeks. Lesson learned. We need to break down the bureaucracy. Even though the CDC is based in Atlanta, it's still part of the Washington swamp. Many bureaucracies to protect. Everybody's got their turf. That's how it works. We wasted valuable weeks. Now, President Trump, can you imagine if President Trump, somebody came to him, medical professional and said, President, chloroquine and hydroxychloroquine have been used successfully in other countries. Will you let us try it here? And he said, no, I don't think we should do that. You would have had the media hysterical jumping up and down saying, how dare you, Mr. President? You're, 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 there are people who could be helped by this and you are not allowing this. You are, you are, you are basically killing any potential of them getting healthy. What President Trump has said is, look, let's give it a try. He didn't promise any false hope. He's not a charlatan. He's not saying this is a miracle drug. What he said is, hey, 
It's been tried in other countries. Let's try it here. Let's see what happens. I don't know if it's going to work or if it's not going to work. Let's give it a try. But again, they have to go after him in every sense of the imagination. And they go on because he asked a follow-up question, which I thought was extremely stupid. Now, if he says, you know, you're trying to give a positive spin, you're giving Americans a false hope, President Trump answered the question. Then Peter Alexander comes back with an asinine, total beta wussified question. What do you say the Americans were scared, though? I guess nearly 200 dead, 14,000 who were sick, millions, as you witnessed, who are scared right now. What do you say to Americans who are watching you right now who are scared? Uh, I say that you're a terrible reporter. That's what I say. I think it's a very nasty question, and I think it's a very bad signal that you're putting out to the American people. The American people are looking for answers, and they're looking for hope. And you're doing sensationalism, and uh, the same with NBC and Comcast. I don't call it, I don't call it Comcast, I call it Comcast. Let me just ask for whom you work. Let me just tell you something. That's really bad reporting. And you ought to get back to reporting instead of sensationalism. Let's see if it works. It might and it might not. I happen to feel good about it, but who knows? I've been right a lot. Let's see what happens, John. Can I get back to the science and the logistics? You're be ashamed of yourself. Now, I would have just said if I were President Trump, I wouldn't have said you're a nasty question, nasty reporter. I felt that was that was inappropriate. What I sure would have done with what President Trump did is said, look, Everything we are doing on this task force is to instill hope in the American people. We have a handle on things. This is why we're enacting these, these, these measures. This is why we're essentially our country is shut down for a short period of time so that we can weather this and, and, and get through it together, which we will, which Americans have always rallied together in tough times. We will get through this. But the people behind me here are working 24-7 nonstop to get to make sure that we get over this. And the American people know that we're working on their behalf and we will do anything we can to stop this virus and get Americans healthy. That's all he, would have, he should have said. But let's ask that question one more time and see how the great late philosopher, R. Lee Ermey, you know him from Full Metal Jacket, former Marine Corps drill sergeant. How he would have answered that dumbass question from NBC reporter Peter Alexander. What do you say the Americans were scared? Maybe we should chug on over to Mamby Pamby land where maybe we can find some self-confidence for you, you jackwagon. The General is always on Twitter, delivering breaking news, giving you the latest intel on cigars, and battling the enemies of pleasure. Chat with The General now at Cigar Dave Show. America is under attack. Basic freedoms, privileges, and acts that we would normally take for granted are disappearing each day, including the simple ability to enjoy a cigar. This is Glenn Loop, Executive Director of Cigar Rights of America, CRA. At a time when elected officials should be thinking about education, public safety, and creating jobs, they are actually thinking about smoking bans, new taxes, and regulations of historic proportions on premium cigars. The cigars that provide us with pleasure, relaxation, and fellowship are under attack. We have to stop it. That's why Cigar Rights of America was created, to work for a new political day for cigar enthusiasts across America, to roll back restrictive laws and defeat onerous taxes and regulations that impact everyone from your local cigar shop to your personal humidor. 
For the price of a few great cigars, be a part of this effort to protect your right to enjoy a cigar without excessive taxation and cumbersome legislation. Go to CigarRights.org. Let's tell the government we've had enough. Join now, CigarRights.org. Cigar Dave Officers Club members receive three great cigars monthly that I personally select. For March 2020, I've got two beauties. First up, members will receive two CAO sessions, Sit, Smoke, Chill. Wrapped in a deep, dark Connecticut broadleaf wrapper, the CAO session is medium in body, notes of cream, pepper, cinnamon, nuts, chocolate, an all-day cigar. And then, a very unique cigar no longer available that I was personally able to get my hands on for our Officers Club members, the CAO Orellana, the fourth in the Amazon series, a very mysterious cigar wrapped in a Brazilian Cubra wrapper that is aged six years. It is unique, mysterious. You will love it. Join the Cigar Dave Officers Club. $22.95 per month. You get three great cigars per month like the CAO Orellana and the CAO Session. Go to CigarDave.com, click on Officers Club, and join right now. Special coverage of America at War Against the Chinese Virus continues. With more, here's the Global General, Cigar Dave. We are locked and loaded. I have an ample amount of important items that we must get to this hour, remainder of this hour, and in the next hour. I'm going to talk about, in just, well, probably next hour, about China. How they have created the Belt and Road Initiative or the One Belt, One Road, Ober Initiative, and how they have systematically made their way into Europe, Asia, Africa, into what I'm calling debt trap diplomacy, and how one of the reasons we saw huge numbers and are seeing huge numbers in Italy and Iran with the Chinese virus is because of the Chinese Belt and Road Initiative, debt trap diplomacy. We will talk about that, and also... Two very interesting articles, and I've been saying this for many years. The relationship with China has been one way. President Trump, the first president, finally, and I don't know how many presidents that stood up and said, enough's enough. They're stealing our intellectual property. They're stealing our technology. They can come into this country, buy anything they want, but we can't go in there and operate unencumbered. They hold us hostage. Unfortunately, all the supply chain is China, 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 and now we're paying the price. We're paying the price with medication, with rare earth elements, with other important items that we now cannot do or make because everything is in China. And companies and CEOs have all been derelict in their duty in just shipping over everything to China thinking, oh, these these communists will be great. It's all about economics. It's not. And I got some great articles that I will share with you. But one of the unfortunate items going on right now is the fact that numerous millennials think this is a joke. And unfortunately, it's not a joke for all those millions of Americans that today are not working, that today are holed up in their homes, where airplanes are grounded, where our economy essentially has been hijacked by a virus, the China virus, you can't even see in a regular microscope. But some of the millennials think this is one giant joke. They don't get it. 
actress Vanessa Hudgens. I've never heard of her. Sergeant Steve, you ever heard of her? I have. I couldn't tell you what she does, but I've heard never of her. heard of her. But what I did hear is something that made the way around on Twitter and in media. An Instagram post earlier this week and take a listen to what she had to say about the Chinese virus. Um, yeah, till July sounds like a bunch of bullshit. I'm sorry, but like it's a virus. I get it. Like I respect it. But at the same time, like even if everybody gets it, like, yeah, people are going to die. It's just terrible, but like inevitable. I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't be doing this right now. <laughs> but, like, maybe I should go to Starbucks and go get a Frappa Lapa Lapacino because, like, it's got the foaminess and it's tasty. And, like, the thing is, is that you got to wait in line. But, like, but maybe I could get the virus that way. But if I did and I dropped dead, it's like, okay, fine. I mean, like, at least I'd get to enjoy my Mocha Frappa Mochiato Chino Latte from Starbucks. Like, okay. Brilliant. What a brilliant woman. But she walked it back, but clearly it was written because she didn't have all the likes in her statement. Take a listen. Hey guys, so yesterday I did an Instagram live and I realized today that some of my comments are being taken out of context. Um, it's a crazy time. It's a crazy, crazy time. And I am at home and in lockdown. And that's what I hope you guys are doing too in full quarantine and staying safe and sane. Um, yeah, I don't take the situation lightly by any means. I am home. Okay, I've heard enough of her. Yeah, all so written. Now let's listen to some of the brilliant geniuses, the millennial college student spring breakers down in Miami Beach. If I get corona, I get corona. At the end of the day, I'm not going to let it stop me from partying. You know, I've been waiting. We've been waiting for Miami spring break for a while. About two months we've had this trip planned. Two, three months. So we're just out here having a good time. Whatever happens, happens. Like it's really messing up with my spring break. What is there to do here other than go to the bars or the beach and they're closing all of it? It's really messing up. I think they're blowing it way out of proportion. I think it's doing way too much. Doing us bad. We need a refund. This virus ain't that serious. It's serious. It's more serious things out there like hunger and poverty. And we need to address that. Yeah, I mean, we planned this a long time ago and it was kind of up in the air if we still go. But like we're here. I just turned 21 this year, so I'm here to party. So it's kind of disappointing. But we're just making the most of it. We met these other people in our little Airbnb spot. So we're just hanging out with them and trying to get drunk before everything closes. I've heard enough of these, I mean, these morons. Sucks, I've heard enough, Sergeant Steve. Cut it. Let me tell you, the brilliance exuded by their remarks is just overwhelming. In fact, I would tell you that for the first time ever, colleges have changed their GPA scale from 0 to 4. You know, 4.0 is like an A. They've changed it. For these brilliant millennials, they have now created a negative scale, and they all checked in at a minus 4.0. It's below F. I mean, it is It is now M for moron, I for imbecile, T, S for total schmucks, minus 4. We've got much more to go. I will attempt to get to the National Cigar Litation and Libation Maneuver and Ceremony. I think we all need that. I know many of you are holed up in place in your pleasure palace. If you have your cigar, your libation, we hope that... At least we're setting the record straight here. I've got more to talk about China and now some of American industries that want to bail out. Not so fast, my friends. Hour two of the special edition 
Now, the Cigar Dave Show comes your way next. This, this is A-M-E-N, the Alpha Male Entertainment Network. from Humidor 1A in the cigar city of Tampa, Florida, USA. Welcome to the Cigar Dave Show, your weekly excursion into the world of cigars, spirits, and diversions. The cigar and pleasure-friendly hotlines are open. 877-DAVE-007. Now, fire up a cigar and pour yourself a cocktail. It's time. For the General, General Cigar, Cigar Day. This is a special presentation of the Cigar Dave Show. America at war with the Chinese virus. With the latest intel, here's the Global General, Cigar Dave. Front and center from Command Center Alpha. I would love to be sitting here conducting alpha male pleasure maneuvers, talking about cigars, spirits, diversions, dice, dames. Unfortunately, the Chinese Communist Party allowed a virus to propagate. They hid the existence. They lied about the existence. They allowed it to spread. They allowed it to propagate before it was too late for it to spread to the entire world. And unfortunately, the United States, the entire world, has been turned upside down the last couple of weeks. And as always, I extend to you a long-ash snappy salute, long-ash greetings and salutations. I say semper delictatio, always pleasure, and we will get back to always pleasure. It's going to be a bumpy ride for, I think, a number of months. There's no ifs, ands, or buts, but we as Americans, we are strong, we are resolute, we will get through this. It will not be easy, but I believe that when we do turn the corner, the economy will explode once again. And let this be a lesson. Let the events of what has taken place the last two weeks in this country, the last several months in the world, that we must break the ties from China, the Chinese communists. We must break the supply chain dependency. We must move all of our pharmaceutical manufacturing to the United States to companies that have gone into China and invested billions of dollars or spent billions of dollars under the rule, the thumb of the Chinese communists, enough is enough. This is a turning point. This is a watershed moment. Not only are Americans fed up with the Chinese communists, but so too is the population and governments of all the world. The world hates China. The United States hates China. I hate China, not the Chinese people. When I refer to China, I want to be very clear. I refer to the Chinese communist regime. When I say I hate Iran, I don't hate the Iranian people. They don't want to live under those mullahs and those, those ayatollahs. They want out. I don't blame them. They want to rise up, and I am hoping this will give the ammunition for the billions of Chinese people to rise up and overthrow the Chinese regime. I'll have more on that in just a moment. But as always, Sergeant Steve and I are practicing social electronic distance maneuvers. Sergeant Steve, we have been we have had our SEDM protocol in place for what, four years now, where basically we are set up 
to do broadcast maneuvers anywhere in the world, whether you could be at your studio location, my studio, anywhere in the world, we are prepared. Anytime, anyplace, anywhere. We've had these contingencies in place for years. There is a reason I'm a five-star general, Sergeant Steve, and not a private. It is because I think of secondary and tertiary plans. We are ready. We are prepared. We are, we are 100% fully functional. In fact, Sergeant Steve, it is amazing. You know, when you, a while back when you came to Command Center Alpha, you said, General, what, what's behind that, that door, that big, giant, that big giant lead door that had a big combination on electronic? You got to have the, the biometric information. Mm-hmm. And I said, Sergeant Steve, let me show you. And we opened it up. And not only was it an, an ample supply of cigars, spirits, especially the Gentleman Jack I'll be enjoying today, but it had a massive amount of paper towels and toilet paper products because, let's face it, in a crisis, you have to be able to wash or, or, or wipe your tuchus. Otherwise, the world goes to hell. Have people not heard about taking maybe little squares of paper towels and using those and just flushing your toilet repeatedly so it doesn't get caught? Have people not heard about this? Why the run on toilet paper? I can't figure that out. I, I, uh, it, it's beyond fathomability. I mean, I don't know what people are thinking. This is not I a have, hurricane. Correct. And actually, it's very interesting. The supply chains are not disrupted. I had a conversation with Pat Roberts, the CEO of the Florida Association of Broadcasters. I am on the board this morning, and I, 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 I've been on the board, but I, I spoke to Pat this morning. I said, Pat, I said, total craziness. Does it make you long for the old days when we had a hurricane, when we knew it was going to go through in a few days, and then we got back to normal? He said, you have no idea. And that's what is going on right now, the tremendous uncertainty, the tremendous fear. The market rolled over. Now, the market was getting high, was getting toppy already back a few months ago. And I had stated that I think the market was in a toppy position. And I told people, just be careful. And when the the Chinese virus hit in Wuhan, I said, if this thing starts spreading, we better be careful. And I had friends that I said, listen, you're in mutual funds, whatever, you should start lightening the load. And if you can't hedge with puts or other instruments, then you should start selling or put hard stops on there. A number of them listened to me. A number of them just said, no, no, my broker said, no, you know, we got to be in long term or whatever. I cannot tell you the number of people that I told to get out that got out have called me saying, I'm going to get you what you, you want. You want 50 pounds of Joe's stone crab? You want this cigar? Whatever you want, General, no problem. But some people just did not listen. And it is a lesson. You should always control your own financial destiny, meaning don't let a broker don't let some mutual fund, don't let a 401k dictate when to get in again to get out. I cannot tell you the number of stories people have said where they call their broker and the broker dissuaded them, saying, no, no listen, you got to be in long term. Why is that? Because many brokers, the mutual funds that, that hawk these mutual funds, they get paid on the assets that are in these funds, assets that are under management. You put it in cash, they don't make, the, they don't make cash. They don't make money on that. Always take control. Mutual funds are one of the worst in- instruments out there. Why? Because, number one, you pay a decent-sized fee to get it managed. You can't get out in the middle of the day. And that's one of the reasons the stock market, people asked me earlier, well, why did the market create? Well, number one, you have fear and you have panic. But what happens is selling begets selling. Because then you have people, when the market drops, then you have people calling their brokers saying, get me out of those mutual funds. Just get me out. It's down 15%. Get me out. Well, you can't get out in the middle of the day. You've got to wait till it closes. 
you can redeem at the end of the day. Well, mutual fund managers say, okay, let's say we've got a billion dollars in assets, and let's say our funds are down 10%, and people come in and say, get me out. It's down 10%, get me out. Well, by the time they go to sell shares in whatever companies they own in their mutual fund, those shares may have gone down another 10%, 15%. And so consequently, the distribution you get is lower than what you thought. Then people get panicky and say, sell more. Then you have margin calls. A lot of hedge funds and other funds, they buy or sell stocks on margin. They juice their returns. When they're going up, when stocks are going up, juices the returns. When it goes down, it juices the losses. It accelerates the losses. And then what happens is you get stops that are hit where people have protective stops. They get hit, and it's just a giant cascading snowball. And I'm going to get a little later on talking about some of these companies, airline companies and casinos, that now want a government bailout. They wanted a handout. But now they want to bail out. We'll get to that because they are at fault in many cases. And I know you're saying, wait a minute, General. How can the airlines be at fault? They, 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 they didn't control the Chinese virus. No. But they did control the ability to influence and bolster cash on their balance sheet when times were great the last 10, 15 years. But more on that a little bit later. First up, some special birthday wishes. We cannot forget some birthdays. First up, Puff Muffin Lori in the Western New York Theater of Operations. A happy birthday to her. Yesterday was her big birthday. And tomorrow, two big birthdays. First of all, Cigar Mother Piera. Her birthday is tomorrow, as is Pendragon's Royal Baron. My puppy turns two tomorrow. So a very special day. And that's when I knew when Mike Gianetti from Pendragon Acres said, General, I've got a German Shepherd you got to take this German Shepherd, number one pick of the litter, special dog. We're keeping the number one female. If you don't take him, we're keeping him. And as soon as I had a look at him and he said, look, he's already been, he's loved Sultan. He and Sultan got together when they were four weeks old and I had Sultan up there. May Sultan rest in peace. So when he was born on my mother's birthday and I saw him and he and Sultan were good buddies already when Sultan already was 13 and Baron was four weeks old, I said, okay, that's it. Great decision. So a happy birthday to Cigar Mother Piera tomorrow. Happy birthday to Pendragon's Royal Baron. And tomorrow also would have been Avo Uvesian's birthday. My mother and Avo shared a shared a birthday, and Avo was a wonderful gent. We loved having Avo on the show many times. His last big appearance was on this show at uh, the Cigar Dave Alpha Pleasure Fest at the Seminole Hard Rock Casino, which belatedly finally closed last night at 6 o'clock, even though they kept it open for the last 10 days when they should have closed it. But that's another story. But Avo would have been 94 tomorrow. Rest in peace, Avo. And uh, to Puff Muffin Lori, happy belated birthday from yesterday. Cigar Mother Piera, happy birthday tomorrow. And Pendragon's Royal Baron, my canine companion, who is right at my desk here at Command Center Alpha, a happy birthday to him as well. All right. China. China, China, China. Big problem. I'm not a fan of China. I've never been a fan of China. I have always stated it. The China Chinese Communist Party is the enemy. Make no mistake. They are the enemy of America, and now we know they are the enemy of the people. They knew about the Chinese Wuhan virus already back in the fall. President Xi of China was made aware of it in early January. 
and decided to not make any public announcements for eight or nine days. In Wuhan, or Hanwei province, whichever one it is, where the a Chinese virus originated, they had a huge potluck dinner, an annual potluck dinner that 50,000 residents partake in. Can you imagine going to a football stadium, 50,000 people, everybody bringing a dish and they all share, and they all contaminate and cross-contaminate each other, and that's exactly what happened. And the Wuhan Communist Party, President Xi and his apparatus, his regime, they did nothing to stop it. So he knew there was a virus. They let the potluck dinner go on. Thousands of people get infected, hundreds of thousands. We don't have real numbers from China. They're not lying. They're lying. They're not telling us the truth. They never have told us the truth. People that have been discharged from hospitals, they go back in their homes, they die. They don't count them as a Chinese virus death. If they die from pneumonia, even though it's related to Chinese virus, Wuhan virus, they don't count that. Don't believe a lick of anything the Chinese government say, period. Well, President Trump made it very clear. We know where the virus came from. We call it Chinese virus. That's what it is. And, of course, the Chinese have been involved in a massive disinformation campaign the last several weeks. This is a classic on Wednesday. China censored the United States for its incorrect characterization of the global coronavirus, now this is their words, coronavirus pandemic. Let's call it what it is, the China virus pandemic, as Chinese in origin, as it reasserted the right to expel three American journalists and bar them even from working in nearby Hong Kong. Beijing's foreign ministry spokesman, Geng Shuang, delivered a series of instructions for the U.S. How nice from the communist state at a regular press briefing saying it wouldn't hesitate to take further action against U.S. media and journalists in China if the United States did not, and I quote, correct its mistakes. The U.S. has said that all options are on the table. Today, I can also tell the U.S. that all options are on the table for China. Screw you, gang. Screw China. Gang earlier said the United States need to cease directing unwarranted accusations at China a day after President Trump described the new strain of virus as the Chinese virus. He said some U.S. political figures have recently been connecting the coronavirus with China. We express strong indignation and objection to such, such stigmatization. Well, gang, well, Chinese communist regime... You are solely responsible for the, for the virus through the unsanitary dining habits that many and bi- millions and millions of your people still exist, even though you have been asked by world health officials to ch- put a kibosh on all those markets that sell live exotic animals, civets, snakes, bats, you name it. The Chinese will slaughter it and eat it, and that's where the problem is. And by the way, it wasn't the United States that once they found out about the China virus, the China-Wuhan virus, decided to cover it up. No, that was President Xi. Now everyone is waking up to the fact of things I've been saying for years. China is our enemy. The Europeans have woken up that China is the enemy, even though for the last five years or so, six years, seven years, they have been taking foreign money from China 
like it is like drinking water. China created, came up with the Belt and Road Initiative, BRI, initially called the One Belt, One Road, OBER, an economic initiative in 2013 that involved infrastructure development and investments in 70 countries and international organizations in Asia, Europe, and Africa. Now, the Chinese government calls the initiative a bid to enhance the regional connectivity and embrace a brighter future. Now, doesn't that sound just like great Chinese communist propaganda? What it is, is a push for Chinese dominance in global affairs with a China-centered trading network, whereby all these various countries are indebted to China. The debt trap diplomacy initiative, we should call it. Let me give you, people are saying, why did Italy and why did Iran get hit? Well, I'm going to tell you exactly why. And you're not going to hear this anywhere else. I haven't heard this anywhere else, but we give you facts here. We talk about it intellectually, just like all our alphas. We're all bright individuals, and we can deal with truth and honesty. But it's important that we know so we can avoid this in the future. Iran and Italy had gotten nailed by the China Wuhan virus. Swept through 126 countries, 170,000, well, actually more. I think 230,000 people worldwide have been infected. Massive numbers of deaths. But why did Italy and Iran, Iran, why did they get hit so hard? Why? What is the common denominator? The common denominator is China and their close ties to Beijing and the Chinese communist regime through their One Belt and One Road initiative, OBER. OBER is Beijing's foreign policy play disguised as infrastructure investment. Let me lay it out for you how it works. Because most of the imbeciles, the schmucks in the Libstream media, know nothing about this. They are uneducated. Instead of saying, well, gee, what what is China doing? What Why we should spend time on on looking at China and why we should decouple from China. Instead, well, Mr. President, isn't calling this the Chinese virus racist and xenophobic? Again, they focus on the wrong thing. The Libstream media and the Dems focused on Russia, Russia, Russia. I've been saying all along, keep your eye on the ball, China, China, China. The One Belt and One Road initiative. How does it work? All right, let's take China and let's take an example, Italy. China says Italy will do an infrastructure project in your country. Italy then must borrow from a Chinese bank to finance the project. So now they're indebted to China. And the banks are all controlled by the Chinese communist regime. Then the contract to finance a project, whether it's a port, an airport, a bridge, a road, a railway system, whatever it is, is always awarded to a Chinese company. Again, that Chinese company under the thumb of the Chinese communist regime. So now they've got the money. The Italy now, for example, is indebted to a Chinese bank. Then you have a Chinese construction firm who's going to come over and build the project. And then they bring over all these supplies and all these employees and contractors to Italy or any of the other countries to build the project. 
So what country, I ask you, benefits most from the one belt and one road, which is really what they want to do now is have a giant trading network, rail, infrastructure, shipping, ports. Who benefits? Let's, get, let's, let's add this up one more time. China and Italy or any other country. Pick a country. can be Greece, can be Italy, can be Iran. China goes in and says, we're going to build a new airport. Okay. Italy says, great, we need a new airport. Then China says, okay, we'll finance the project, but Italy, you're going to borrow from the Chinese bank. Italy says, great, okay. Then the third thing China says is, now the company that's going to build this new airport is going to be from China, and we're going to send up massive numbers of employees over. So who benefits most? Italy? No. China. Now all of a sudden... China has new markets, new demand for their goods or services, new work opportunities, and now China can leverage their financial power to expand their geopolitical influence and their military footing and economic footing in Asia, Europe, and Africa. So it's worked great for China, but it has not worked well for these other countries. In fact, at least eight countries that signed on the One Belt, One Road initiative are so indebted to the Chinese, they had to hand over those assets to China to offset the debt. So if China builds a port or an airport or a power plant, guess who now owns it? You got it, China. So what happened in Italy? Italy's economy has been a disaster. Three recessions in 10 years, huge unemployment rate. They've had 65 governments from 1946 to 2016. No matter who was in charge, economy was a disaster. So what happened? They then went to China. And China came in and said, look, we'll invest in four major Italian ports. Gave them a foothold in Europe. All these people went back and forth. And in Lombardy, which is a huge area of Chinese investment in Italy, worst coronavirus, Chinese virus outbreak outside of China, they refused to stop the flights between Wuhan and Lombardy, Italy. Now do you see how it, how it all adds up? And the same thing happened in Iran. China has set their world, uh, set their goals on world dominance. This is the straw that will break that camel's back. The General is now on Instagram. Follow him for pictures of the latest cigars, libations, and what he's enjoying during the show. <laughs> That could be interesting, and we'll have to block out some faces. Go to Instagram and search Cigar Day. In 1964, Jose O. Padron began rolling cigars bearing his name in modest surroundings with one guiding principle, always focus on quality, never on quantity. Nearly 40 years later, Padron cigars are recognized for their superior taste and majestic construction. The result of Padron controlling all aspects of the cigar making process, including planting their own seeds, growing and curing their own tobacco, and constantly supervising the rolling room. 
to Wall Street, it is called vertical integration. To the Padron family, it's called making great cigars. The Padron lines include the Padron 1964 Anniversary Series and the Padron Traditional line. All Padron cigars are wrapped in Nicaraguan sun-grown Habano tobacco, available in natural or maduro. Experience Padron. For your Padron retailer, call 1-800-453-5635. When Padron is on the band, quality is a matter of family honor. Surgeon General Warning. Tobacco use increases the risk of infertility, stillbirth, and low birth weight. With an unlimited and secure supply of pleasure sticks available for the general to enjoy and Chinese virus sanitation maneuvers performed, it's time for National Cigar Litation Maneuvers. My cigars have been hermetically sealed, sterilized in appropriate tubes, and secured in the National Cigar Vault. Just released. I've got to do two... A cigar and a libation that both have American symbolism, American connections, American roots. Important. We will overcome the Chinese virus. We will learn from this Chinese virus. We will change numerous ways that we look at healthcare and future potential pandemics. And most importantly, or, or as important, we will also decouple from China. We will quarantine the Chinese Communist government and their and kill globalization with China. We will bring manufacturing back to the United States or other parts, but most importantly we must bring pharmaceuticals and other key products and earth elements, manufacture them here in the United States. No ifs, no ends, no buts. So for my cigar I have pulled out the Casa Fernandez Miami Reserva from Little Havana. Beautiful cigar made in Miami from Aganorsa Leaf, formerly Tropical Tobacco. Eduardo Fernandez has done incredible work with tobaccos down in Nicaragua. Fascinating how he has created various wrapper leaves and filler and binder. Gold standard of tobacco. Really has just done a mar- just a magnificent job. And the Casa Fernandez, Miami, Aganorsa. Box pressed, it is offered in two wrappers, a Nicaraguan Corojo and a Mexican San Andres Maduro, or Maron. I have pulled out the Nicaraguan Corojo that Eduardo Fernandez grows on one of his incredible farms. Fantastic filler, binder, tobaccos, medio tiempo, Maduro, Lajero, Viso, all grown in Esteli, Condega, Jalapa Valley of Nicaragua. It is a medium bodied, very rich, a lot of flavor, nice complex cigar at a, I think, relative to the value, to the quality, very, very good buy. No ifs, no ands, no buts. I mean, it's a perfect example. I've got in my hand the Torpedo, a beautiful six and a quarter inch by 52 Torpedo, meaning six and a quarter inches in length, 52 sixty-fourths of an inch in diameter. 
And this particular cigar suggested retail is $8.75. Let's call it $9. For this kind of construction and this kind of taste and flavor, it is a steal. Beautiful cigar, the Casa Fernandez Miami Aganorsa. My cigar selection today. Cigar-altering and highly sharpened leaf-exposing device. Self-sharpening double-edged stainless steel guillotine in my hand, ready for action. Maximum BTU flame-throwing and heat-producing apparatus. Well, the R&D laboratory researchers here at the Command Center Alpha headquarters early this morning came in and said, General, we have been working 24-7 on a special litation device. We call this the CCK, the China, correction, Chinese Communist Killer, the CCK. This looks like a giant nuclear weapon in my hand. It has got a massive tank filled with butane. Listen to that. Okay. This flame comes out about, I'm telling you, about 12 inches. They're like, General, you get within 12 inches of any Chinese communist you torch him on fire, this is like a flamethrower. He will be eviscerated in a matter of minutes. And my answer was outstanding. The more Chinese communists we can kill, the better. Kill President Xi, kill all the communists, enough of them. For what they have done, they should stand trial in the world court for crimes against humanity. They should all be found guilty and be executed. President Xi Jinping should be the first. And I'll tell you what, while he's being hung, I'll take this thing and light his feet, light his nadsack, light his head, and boom, he'll be eviscerated. I really firmly believe that Xi and the Communist Party officials should be tried in a world court for crimes against humanity, covering up the Chinese Wuhan virus. Cigar, Cigar pre-litation checklist complete. No faults detected. Area clear of all enemies of pleasure. Approval to go throttle up in three, two, one. Perfect cut. Let me get my Cigar Dave CCK, the Chinese communist killer. Oh, yeah. Listen to that flame. Woo! That is some serious action. This would incinerate, vaporize a Chinese commie in a matter of minutes. Again, we're only going after the Chinese communists, not the people of China. They have to live under these clowns and be oppressed by this horrible regime. Mm. Wow, great draw. Feels great in the hand. Nice square press. Picture perfect torpedo. I can guarantee you, as I blow on the foot of this cigar, this cigar is lit. This CCK, the Chinese Communist Killer Litation Device, works absolutely perfectly. Not only will it light your cigar, it'll kill a couple of Chinese commie bastards as well. Scotch, bourbon, and beer. Commence thirst-quenching libationary maneuvers. What is more American than Gentleman Jack? Jack Daniels, Tennessee whiskey. I love Gentleman Jack. 60, at least it's got to be 51% corn. We know it's far higher than that. Been up to their distillery, Lynchburg, Tennessee. In fact, we created some very unique uh, single barrel selections. Oh, sweetness right on the nose. Incredible fruitiness. Little bit of honey, little maple. 
Great thing about Gentleman Jack is that it goes through two what they call Lincoln County processes, where they filter the bourbon, the juice, through charcoal wood filter. Giant, big vats of charcoal wood. It mellows it. It takes some of the oils off the bourbon. They do that not only once, but twice. Once before it goes in the barrel, and with Gentleman Jack, once it goes out of the barrel as well. Two Lincoln County processes, charcoal mellowing procedures, and it is fantastic. I will say cheers. Mm. 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 More sip. By the way, I will salute all the physicians, doctors, all the frontline personnel, people that are working 24-7, military. In fact, I salute every American because we are going through tough times right now. Tough times don't last. Tough people do. Americans are tough. We are resolute. We'll have a tough time the next few months. We will come out on the other side stronger and more resolute, especially to be more independent from any supplies coming from China, communist China. All right. Outstanding. Very quickly, the March 2020 Officers Club selection is scheduled to be shipped early next week. It is the CAO session and the CAO Oriana. The CAO session, you get two of those, one of the Orianas. Session was created to be an approachable, any time of day cigar. Loads of flavor, medium bodied notes of chocolate, pepper, cinnamon, beautiful Connecticut broadleaf wrapper. It's deep, it's dark. Sit, smoke, chill, enjoy. The CAO Oriana, <coughs> excuse me, that is not Chinese virus. I got something down the wrong way in my throat. The fourth in the acclaimed exotic CAO Amazon series, Limited Oriana, has been sold out for ages. But a secret stash was put aside by my buddy, brand manager at CAO, Doug Baldwin, after I raved about it and told Rick Rodriguez, the master blender for CAO, longtime friend, I said, Ricky, I love this cigar. And I told Doug at the same time, unbeknownst to me, they stashed a whole bunch of these cigars for an officer's club selection. They never even told me. I found out literally about uh, six weeks ago. So six-year-aged Brazilian Cubra leaf finished with a Fuma and Corda at the head, a very cool wrapper leaf that's wrapped like a little cord, full-bodied, exotic taste. So two CAO sessions, one CAO Oriana coming your way in the March 2020 selection, tentatively scheduled now. As of now, all systems go for next week. If there's any changes, we will let our Officers Club members know by email. When I come back for the final and concluding segment of this special edition of the Cigar Dave Show, we're going to talk about the airlines. The airlines are coming looking for a handout, looking for a bailout. Not so fast, my friends. The airlines put themselves in a horrible financial position. And I'll tell you about it. I'll explain it. You won't hear it anywhere else because, again, I have a mastery of business and finance, not just about cigars, not just about pleasure items. And those people that say, stick to just cigars, if you're one of those people, do me a favor. Turn your radio off. Stop listening to the podcast. Just get out of the mobile app. Not wanted. We're talking intellectual, current events, items of significant importance for every American and this nation. And if that's too much for you to take, bye-bye. You need to add some alpha to your Facebook news feed. 
by following the general. You'll get the latest intel in the world of cigars. Info on the show each week and see what the general is smoking. Click like at facebook.com slash Cigar Dave. Cigar Dave Officers Club members receive three great cigars monthly that I personally select. For March 2020, I've got two beauties. First up, members will receive two CAO sessions. Sit, smoke, chill. Wrapped in a deep, dark Connecticut broadleaf wrapper, the CAO session is medium in body. Notes of cream, pepper, cinnamon, nuts, chocolate, an all-day cigar. And then... A very unique cigar no longer available that I was personally able to get my hands on for our Officers Club members, the CAO Orellana. The fourth in the Amazon series, a very mysterious cigar wrapped in a Brazilian Cubra wrapper that is aged six years. It is unique, mysterious. You will love it. Join the Cigar Dave Officers Club. $22.95 per month. You get three great cigars per month like the CAO Orellana and the CAO Session. Go to CigarDave.com, click on Officers Club, and join right now. Hi, I'm Rocky Patel. After 15 years of hard work, I'd like to introduce you to the Rocky Patel 15th Anniversary Cigar made at our factory in Esteli, Nicaragua. This cigar showcases a beautiful, oily Habano wrapper from Ecuador. Fillers from Esteli, Jalapa, and Condega make up a rich, complex, spicy taste with a lot of full flavor. The Decade, another one of our masterpieces. Made in Honduras, beautiful Ecuadorian Sumatra wrapper with secret fillers. It received a 95 rating, one of the highest rated cigars ever in Cigar Aficionado. This medium to full bodied cigar is rich, complex, yet elegant and well balanced. 15 years ago, they thought we'd never make it in the business. 10 years ago, they thought we'd never last. Five years ago, they started paying attention. Now, we're right where we belong, in your hand. So enjoy the 15th anniversary and the decade these cigars will deliver. I like Chinese. I like Chinese. They only come up to your knees. Yet they're always friendly and they're ready to please. I like Except China communist like bastards. Chinese. I do not like those Chinese. All the other Chinese, I like. I like going to Chinese restaurants, but I do not like Chinese communists. I do not like Chinese communist members of the regime that withheld the information and truth about the Chinese virus, and we in the United States and the entire world are paying the price, including in Honduras. In response to the China virus outbreak in Honduras, they have reported six confirmed cases. They have ordered all cigar factories to shut for a week. I spoke to Nestor Placencia uh, Jr. yesterday, and he said things are still going on at the farm, but the factories right now closed. They have a, a good stash of cigars being aged. I talked to several cigar manufacturers that get their cigars from Honduras, and they all said they have a pretty good supply to last them for a bit. So we will certainly keep an eye on that. As of now, Nicaragua or the Dominican has not been hit, even though the Dominican does have several, or I think 20 cases of the Chinese virus. Now let's talk about the airlines. It's not the airline's fault that they have had to shut down. Not the airline's fault that nobody's traveling. Not the airline's fault that they are hemorrhaging money left and right. 
It is, however, the airline's fault that they did not plan accordingly and bolster their balance sheet when times were good. And they have been fantastic for the airlines the last 10-plus years. Let's face it, the last 10 years, what have airlines done? They have nickeled and dimed every passenger. You want a bag? You got to pay to check it. You want a bag to carry on in some instances, depending on the the class of your ticket? You got to pay for overhead bin space. You want a snack? You got to pay for it. You want a seat assignment? You got to pay for it. You want to change your flight? Penalty and you got to pay for it. You want uh, you, you want to pay for increased space? No problem. Otherwise, you're in a sardine. They've cut the size of the seats. They've cut the 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 room between seats, the seat pitch. They've made the bathrooms incredibly tight. They have screwed the passenger every step of the way. And now the airlines are coming to the federal government saying, we're in trouble. We need help. So what did the Airlines for America, the organization representing uh, airlines in Washington, their trade organization, they asked for three things in the tune of $50 billion. They asked for grants, loans, and tax relief. Let me go through what they initially proposed. The Airlines for America came out with a release stating that the current economic environment not sustainable, it's compounded by the fact that the crisis does not appear to have an end in sight, that Airlines for America recommends the following combination of programs to provide immediate and medium to long-term assistance for the U.S. airline industry and their 750,000 employees. They want $25 billion in grants. Let me translate. Welfare. They want the taxpayer to give them a $25 billion blank, well, not blank, but $25 billion check to be divided amongst the airlines based on size. Then they want medium to long-term liquidity measures in the form of loans. Loans that they want unsecured. Loans where they want zero interest. Let me explain that. They want the taxpayer to give them $25 billion in loans to get through this period Unsecured, meaning it's not secured by collateral. No planes, no gates, no landing slots. Unsecured, zero interest. And then they want tax relief. They want the United States to rebate all the federal excise taxes that were paid into the airport and airway trust fund that have not been remitted to the government beginning January 1 through March 31st. Well, those funds go for the FAA to operate the FAA. They go for runway repair. They go for the infrastructure of the national airspace system. And they want temporary aviation excise tax repeal. So what they want are all federal taxes to be repealed between now and December 2021. Not so fast, my airline friends. Let me tell you what you are not hearing. First of all, $25 billion in a grant, $25 billion in no-interest unsecured loans. No, 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 no. Here's what Warren Buffett would do. Warren Buffett would say, well, number one, well, even before I tell you what Warren Buffett would say, let me tell you why the airlines are probably 90% responsible for the position they are in today. Airlines over the last five years have bought back 41 billion of their own stock. 
Let me tell you what that is. Now, when companies are making money, what they do is they say, okay, we want to enhance shareholder value, and I'm using air quotes. So the way that we can do that is you can, number one, provide them with dividends, a cash payment every quarter based upon the revenue, your net profit. Or what they like to do is do share buybacks, where they take all the money they've made and buy back their own stock. Why do they do that? Why do they do that? Is it because they really want to enhance shareholder value or because they want to play financial accounting games so that the senior executives can report better earnings per share and the the senior executives get bigger bonuses based upon their earnings per share uh, amounts? Let me explain something about earnings per share. Let's say you have a business. You have 1,000 shares of stock, and your business made $1,000. At the end of the year, you say, great, we made $1,000, but we report earnings per share. We had an earnings per share of a dollar. Okay, you made a dollar. Now, let's say the next year you say, great, we're going to go out, and we're going to buy back our shares. Either we're going to take a loan, or we're just going to take some free cash that we have and buy back 500 of those 1,000 shares. Now, when you go to report the following year, you can say, we made, let's say you made $1,000. Your, your net income didn't move. Your net profit stayed at $1,000. But now, instead of spreading that over 1,000 shares, you have to spread that over 500 shares. So what happens? Instead of an earnings per share of $1 when you have 1,000 shares, the earnings per share doubles to $2 because it's based over 500 shares. So what happens? We report our earnings to Wall Street. The executives pat themselves on the back and say we're geniuses. We have doubled earnings per share, or our earnings per share are up 50%. And how do you think they get paid on their giant bonuses and options? Over the past five years, American has bought back $13 billion of their own stock, Delta $10 billion, United $9.5 billion, Southwest $8.6 billion, even crappy little Spirit bought back $160 million of their own shares. Over the last 10 years, airlines have spent 96% of their free cash flow on share buybacks. So they've taken, of all the money they've made, net, taken 96% of that and gone and bought back their shares. And when you look at most of these airlines, they're sitting now on maybe three weeks or four weeks tops of liquidity. So instead of Americans saying, you know, over the last five years, we've got $13 billion. We're going to take out a $13 billion. We're going to put 6 or $7 billion in our special reserve fund so we've got liquidity. Delta could have taken that out of $10 billion in share buybacks, put five of that into a special fund. United could have done 5 or $6 billion. Southwest could have done $5 billion. Every airline executive and board of directors could have said, we're going to take a lot of that free cash flow and put that into a reserve fund because what if? Some crazy black swan event scenario takes place like the Chinese virus event currently going on right now. Did they do that? The answer is no. They didn't do a thing. They left themselves in a horrible financial position. Their balance sheets look like Swiss cheese. JetBlue, one week ago, drew down a billion dollars on their line of credit. Thought it would last them a month, six weeks? Gone in a week. Nobody's traveling. Should the United States taxpayer bail out these airlines where these executives have made $10, 15000000000 a year the last 5, 10 years because they didn't think 
We should take some of that free cash flow and put that into our own coffers. I say it should come with big strings, big interest, future convertible preferred shares, limits on executive compensation, and start treating the passengers better like you have. Cigar Dave the General, special edition of this Cigar Dave show. A very happy birthday tomorrow to Cigar Mother. Love you, Mother. Happy birthday to Baron. We will get through this, America, wherever you may be. Stay strong. We will get through this. We're Americans. We always win in the end. We shall again.